You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by PrimroseLeaf.com, multi-use nutritional supplements for your immune system and overall good health. Youth, beauty, longevity, PrimroseLeaf.com. Now, before we begin, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today. Rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. Well, my guest this week is Brundy Brody. And her infant son experienced an onslaught of health issues that conventional medicine could neither define nor treat. So she began her own research-based quest for answers. Over the course of 10 years, she pulled together hundreds of threads from scientific journal articles and revealed the importance of the enzyme calcium ATPase. Miss Brody has a Yale MBA and has received patents in both the United States and China related to her work on calcium ATPase, and she wrote The Calcium Connection, the little-known enzyme at the root of your cellular health, to share her knowledge with as many people as possible to help them make educated health and lifestyle decisions. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm playing student today because I've got a lot to learn about this subject. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome our esteemed guest, Brundy Brody. Welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. Well, first off, what inspired you to write your new book, The Calcium Connection? Um, So, the long story, it was my son's health issues and finding out about calcium ATPase. The um, short story is my son looked at me and said, you're going to be talking about this when you're 80, write a book. So I sat down and started, started writing the book. But, but the, the reason why I wanted to write the book was because I have this knowledge that I never had before that I think could be helpful for people. And my heart especially goes out to mothers and children because I know what it's like to have a, a son who is having health issues and nobody can help. So I, I'm really just wanting to share what I've learned. Well, what were some of the health issues your son was dealing with that uh, that made you take him to the doctor for the first time? Sure. So when he was first born, this first hour, he went into the ICU um, with breathing problems and was sent home with an apnea monitor, which um, he had to wear 24-7. And then um, he began to swallow uh, his his food, his milk into his lungs. And so he, um, we had to thicken his food, but he would get pneumonia and asthma treatments. And then he was just had hypotonia, which is where if you put him in a stroller or in a jogger, he would just kind of just collapse and his, um, little eyelids would, um, would droop kind of halfway over his, his eyes. And, um, so we went down the normal, normal channels of, testing for muscular diseases, cystic fibrosis, you know, just just about everything. And and so we kind of got that situated in the sense he was being treated with all these medications, but he still wasn't, uh, I knew he wasn't quite there. So we started feeding him some foods when he was about one and a half, and he started getting all these terrible bumps everywhere. And he was tested for allergies, no allergies, and uh, 
you know, I, um, at, at the time I was totally unaware of organic food or, you know, we had our floors redone. We had, you know, his nursery painted. I mean, there were so many things going on that I just wasn't aware of back 20 years ago. Um, so I, I kind of hit a, a real turning point when the doctors thought that I had mites in the house. So they, so I was willing to try anything. So I, I used this, this really powerful mite cream that I had to put on him like three nights and his symptoms got so much worse in his muscles and his skin and his um, the way he fell, just so I'm like, okay, you know what? They don't have the answers here. And so then I just started just every single second I was with him, just really observing what he was exposed to, what he ate, and how his symptoms were. Because one thing that was true always, his symptoms really varied. And slowly over time, I began to find some things like food dice, for example, and food additives. And I was able to find online other mothers who had similar problems with like the fine gold group. Um, but my, my, my quest was once I kind of understood the things that I needed to cut back on or, or prevent him from having, I wanted to know why. And so my first kind of breakthrough was um, looking in muscles because muscles, um, one of the key factors in, in muscle control is the level of calcium within the muscle cells. So I learned all about that. And then I went to PubMed, which is like the, the journal database for all medical articles. And I typed in one of the additives that he was sensitive to, which was TBHQ. And when I did that, um, and I typed in calcium, it came up with the fact that TBHQ inhibits this crucial enzyme, calcium ATPase, which is a controls calcium regulation within the cells. So that sent me off in, in a whole nother direction and, and come to find that all the things that he was sensitive to had a negative effect on this enzyme. So by reducing his exposure to these things, it reduced his symptoms. You know, to this day, if he eats things that are off, <laughs> you know, his symptoms come back, not as, not as dramatically. Um, and I can't say, oh, did he have a calcium ATPase deficiency? I don't know. But what I know is when he eats things that inhibit calcium ATPase, his symptoms get worse. And so yeah. from there, I began to, yeah. to discover how important calcium ATPase is for every single person on earth and how low levels of it are related to all chronic diseases. So I was kind of like, okay, I know all this. I'm going to try to get this information out so people can be aware. You know, the... the the thing that um, infuriates me more <laughs> is still to this day, medical science is still a hundred years behind. And for your doctors to be throwing medication at something they had no clue what they were doing um, is just malpractice. And, and they're still doing this crap today. And and it's people like you that have to go on their own, do all of their own research when there's thousands upon thousands of medical researchers out there not doing their job. And this should have already been found out years ago. And here you are, you, you went on this quest and you found out what the actual problem was. So, I mean, much praise to you and your diligence and trying to find out. And it's, it's amazing because I think parents 
have the biggest drive when it comes to their kids, especially if they can't figure out what is wrong and they want to kind of throw their hands up because they can't figure out why the doctors they go to can't figure it out either. And they're the ones supposed to have the education. So with you, was it that mite cream? Was that actually the specific point where you finally figured out that, Hey, these people don't know Jack. No, I mean, all along the way, I was very frustrated because they would say things like, well, you know, just let, let's just see what happens. Um, Mm. You know, meanwhile, when Canute jumped off a swing or, you know, he would crumple to the ground while his friends, you know, landed solidly. Or, you know, I couldn't put rain boots on him because his well, was his so was his problem more um in the muscular area more than it was the bone area? Because to me, if he was jumping off a swing, I'm surprised he didn't break his legs. No, it wasn't I, that was I was that was kind of happened when he was older in the sense of but just like a little a little swing. Um but it was definitely the muscles, and that was the reason why I focused in on that was because that was such an obvious symptom to track. You know, some of the other issues that were occurring, such as the bumps and the asthma and um, his his mood, um, those things were a little bit more subjective. But with the muscles, I could really see how his eyelids were. I could see how he sat. Um, well, let me ask you this: Was was your son uh, breastfed or formula fed? Well, unfortunately, um, when he was in the ICU, um, they got him on formula, and you know, just just we could just never get him back. Um, right. Clearly, at this point, knowing what I know now, you know, I I was completely naive about. Well, I mean, I mean all new mothers are. And so there should be no guilt there whatsoever. Now, when you had researched this calcium ATPase, can you give us a very simple explanation as to what it is and then what it affects within our body? Sure. So typically when you hear the word calcium in terms of the body, you think of bones and teeth, which is absolutely true. In every human, there's about 2.2, human adult, there's about 2.2 pounds of calcium in the body. And 99% of that is in your bones and teeth and ligaments. But a, a tiny amount, which is basically like a teaspoon and a half, is found within your cells. And the reason why that's important is because, believe it or not, the calcium levels within your cells rise and fall. And that when it rises and falls, that acts as a traffic signal for all the different cellular processes in your whole body. So the calcium within your cell has to go, goes up and down, but it has to be really tightly regulated because if that's off, there's going to be all these different problems with cellular function. And so the only job of calcium ATPase is to help regulate that intracellular calcium. And when that's not working, when you don't have enough of that, it leads to dysregulation in the calcium levels, which leads to a lot of different problems. So how, even, even with us being adults, um, are there things that we can recognize of maybe having an imbalance of our calcium ATPase? 
Yeah, so there's, if you can imagine if the traffic signals in a city are not working properly, which is what happens in the body when you don't have enough calcium ATPase, it, there can be serious consequences as, you know, if there were crashes in the city. And then there's derivative consequences, like if you, you can't make your doctor's appointment or your kid misses a soccer game. So I'll, I'll talk about that in, in two kind of two sections. In terms of major diseases, if you have cancer, diabetes, obesity, um, a highly inflammatory state, it's very likely that you have already have reduced calcium ATPase um, because all those diseases are associated with reduced calcium ATPase. Um, so if you have those, you likely have reduced calcium ATPase. But the second part of that is the more um, subtle symptoms. And so, for example, um, when they use calcium ATPase inhibitors in mast cells, it triggers an inflammatory response without an allergen. So it acts as an inflammatory trigger in and of itself. And then it also magnifies any um, histamine response to, to a regular allergen. So in terms of you have inflammatory symptoms that just seem out of whack. It could be it could be that. Another area is muscle fatigue. So they did a study where they looked at calcium ATPase levels um, in patients with chronic muscle fatigue. And sure enough, um, the levels were low. Um, that's not to say that all muscle fatigue is related to calcium ATPase, but calcium ATPase is so crucial in muscle function that's something that, that could be going on. Um, another issue is sleep. Um, calcium ATPase, when they reduce calcium ATPase, it prevents um, the pineal gland from producing melatonin. So that's mm, another where wow. show up. So it's kind of one of those things that, um, like I said, if the traffic signals were off in the city, that there's going to be a lot of problems. Well, is there why. any? Well, is there any problems, or did you come across any problems uh, in your research? Uh, in relationship to the uh, parathyroid glands, no, because it's 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 such a um, so I know the parathyroid controls calcium levels w within the blood, but it, it's it's kind of a totally I know it's so hard to get your head around when you first begin to understand it or learn about it. Um, there, the calcium ATPase definitely plays a role in the parathyroid gland as it does in everything. There's not been any particular research looking at that. Okay. I, I was kind of, I was kind of curious because I know that, uh, as we both know, the parathyroid glands are there for calcium metabolism, uh, producing the hormone calcitonin. So I didn't know if there was a relationship between that and the calcium ATPase. Um, did you see any, Correlations between the calcium ATPase and possibly the um, the molecule ribose, which is also used for ATP and muscular yes. energy. Yes, I, I, I there it, it, I did, and there's actually a positive benefit of ribose in terms of producing the ATP, which then um, stimulates the calcium ATPase. So the answer is yes, it's positive. Oh, fantastic. Now, what are some of the simple things that we can all do to help keep this enzyme in balance? So just in a general sense, they're kind of the things that you probably know deep down you should be doing. Um, so, for example, avoiding high blood sugar, because what happens with high blood sugar is the sugar molecule in the blood 
attaches itself to a calcium ATPase through glycation. So, you know, periods of high blood sugar are just bad for calcium ATPase. Another one is there's a lot of great foods that contain these compounds that stimulate calcium ATPase. So that's, you know, the kind of the foods you're probably already aware you should eat, but it's, you know, berries, nuts, um, tomatoes, uh, asparagus, kale, spinach. Um, and in my book, I have a whole list of those and also recipes that each recipe contains four to six of those. So if you, if you make one of the recipes, you get a lot in one, um, one punch. Um, another key thing to do is exercise. So the great news is that no matter what your age, if you exercise, it can stimulate calcium ATPase in your skeletal muscles and in your heart, which is really important. And that, wow, that's high, great. Yeah, you can do high-intensity training. You can do aerobic, moderate aerobics. You can do strength training. They've all been shown. And then the last area is stress reduction because what happens is some of the stress hormones actually reduce calcium ATPase. So to the extent that you can keep your stress hormones in check, um, it, there, it's not cortisol. And interestingly, it's cat. I probably won't pronounce this right. Catecholamines. Um, oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm not talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, so those are that's kind of the overview in terms of, of kind of more specifics. Um, I can give you specifics in terms of your house, in terms of your products, um, but that's just kind of the overview. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about that. What are some of the um, everyday items that can uh, negatively affect the calcium ATPase, but also what steps can we take in our homes to reduce the exposure to bad toxins? Sure. So just, just something very simple is aluminum. Um, and so when you cook with aluminum with anything acidic like tomatoes or lemons, that causes the aluminum to leach into your food. And alum aluminum is a calcium ATPase inhibitor. Um, another thing is titanium dioxide nanoparticles. Um, and it's really a powerful calcium ATPase inhibitor in the brain, in the heart, in the skeletal muscles. And we're exposed to that primarily through sunscreens and also through um, like 40% of the titanium dioxide contained in food are as nanoparticles. So that's something, you know, like Orbit gum, Trident gum. There's a lot of things you wouldn't think were, were bad for you. So so there's a lot of, um, now there's a lot of non-nano particle um, titanium dioxide sunscreens, which I would, I would suggest. Um, another thing is canned food, you know, even those canned beans or canned coconut milk, just make sure it says BPA-free because bisphenol, is another thing that inhibits calcium ADPase. Um, sushi, tuna grade sushi, um, has very high levels of mercury, and mercury yeah. is another one. Um, and uh, charring your food, so benzopyrenes also inhibit calcium ADPase. So you want to, you know, maybe keep it to once a year. <laughs> yeah, July Fourth, exactly. Yeah. I had the same exact thought as you did. Yeah, oh wow. Wow. That's, you know, it's just some of this, it's like, it's like, it's just some of the simple things that we should know what we're doing or what we should be eating. You know, it just comes down to eating fruits and vegetables and we know that we're going to be okay. And at the same time, dark leafy greens are great. And of course those things that we should just simply avoid, you know, I know grilling is probably one of the most dangerous things people can do to their food. And like you said, yeah, if you just keep it down to once a year, you should be okay. Now with your son though, um, 
what were some of the things that you started using in which you started seeing an improvement in him? Um, sure. So the first thing was to cut everything that was had a negative effect. So that meant, you know, no, no processed food, no only organic food, you know, air filters in the house. Um, a big thing that kind of collects calcium ATPase inhibitors is dust, um, just from from dirt you track in, from fire retardants that are being, you know, kind of in the air from your pillows. So, you know, keeping the house really clean, um, you know, changing the the pet collar on um, the cats to, to be um, non pesticide type. So all those things are really important on, on one hand. On the other hand, it was um, adding, you know, the really healthy fruits and vegetables into his diet. Um, and in, in addition to, you know, working slowly with him to increase his physical um, abilities. But the reality is for him, you know, cutting all that stuff out in a week's time made a huge difference um, wow. right away. And one of the things that was the most upsetting about all of this was the way it affected his mood. And when, you know, when a baby is one and a half, you know, it's not because you screwed up. <laughs> you, yeah, you exactly. Mother, right. So when right. you see these crazy mood changes, you know, something physiological is happening. Um, and so, you know, when he was eating on, um, you know, he was smooth, but, you know, it was, it was very hard because, you know, sitting to my parents' house, they'd inevitably, you know, give him a couple things off or my sister and I'd come home, he'd come home. I'm like, well, what did, what did, what were you guys thinking? And finally, after seeing it a number of times, they were 100% behind me, but he's super sensitive. But the good news is the benefits show up really quickly. And the bad news is he continues to have to be really careful. Wow. So there's a fine line. So how, how old is he now? He's 20. He's a sophomore in college. And, you know, it's not easy because, you know, he can't go to the normal pizza places and have pizza and, and just and all the candy and all those things. But, you know, he can occasionally do that, but he knows that he'll pay the price. So he doesn't do it in exam periods. You know, he saves it for special occasions. But, but at the end of the day, it's not a terminal reaction it's a it's a thing that makes him feel bad and um and so, so what he, what yeah. kind of feedback have you gotten from other parents you know so i had um one woman whose son had similar problems as canute and she tried the program for about a week and she was so thrilled that she went to her her local ymca and took over the lease for the store there because she wanted all the kids to have access to snacks without um, junk in them. Um, so that was really positive. And just so many people that I've met that I've been introduced to, you know, just mothers who are really desperate. Um, there's never been a case where there hasn't been an improvement in, well, in the now, way that child feels. Is there, um, do you, is this condition seen more in boys than girls or is it 50-50? The people that I've run into, it seems to be boys more. I mean, that's my own experience, but you know, I can't, I can't speak to it because I don't really know the underlying what the underlying issue is that's causing the sensitivity to 
you know, the calcium ATPase inhibitors. I mean, such the high level of sensitivity. And every person that you've talked to whose child has had this problem, they've all noticed it since birth. They've all noticed. I'm sorry. They've all noticed what? They've all noticed it since birth. Yes. But, But I will say this, another component, which I think is important for people to realize is that calcium ATPase is important for all children. In fact, mercury and lead, the reason why they damage in, during the prenatal period is because they inhibit calcium ATPase in the brain. So no matter what, nobody should be giving their children calcium ATPase inhibitors because it's bad for their neurodevelopment, even if they don't have the particular symptoms. So calcium mm-hmm. ATPase is really crucial for all, all kids, not just kids that have Canute symptoms. Well, uh, in, in your research studies, and this, this is, I want to try to keep this as non-technical as I can. Did, when you were studying the calcium ATPase, did you come across any link or any research based on calcium binding protein in relationship to calcium ATPase? Yeah, that's, so that's another mechanism within cells to help buffer the calcium levels. Um, so that plays kind of a, a secondary role. Um, but that's something that is important. I, I know one of the supplements that's recently popular is um, Prevagen. And so oh, yeah. it's stuff from some from jellyfish, but as a calcium binding protein, which um, helps keep the calcium levels, you know, from being excessive. Um, right. So. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It follows a fine line down the nerve pathway to regulate the calcium that enters a cell because if the cell receives too much calcium, especially for the brain, it'll kill it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, 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 as we, and as we age, the calcium ATPase levels in our brain goes down, which is why it's linked to dementia and Alzheimer's. So, um, I mean, that's really what calcium ATPase does. It helps prevent that excess um, sustained level of calcium within all the different and, cells. And so no one's out, no one's, um, no one's ever thought about creating calcium ATPase to maybe just take as a supplement form. Has that been ever thought of? They haven't done that, but but so what they have done is they've tried to use gene transplant of the calcium ATPase protein, for example, in the heart to mm. increase calcium ATPase in the heart. And it was quite successful in several studies that were smaller, but um, when it was taken to a larger group, it, it didn't show much much positive effect. It actually was a public company, Celadon, that did that. Um, the good news now is there's a lot of researchers, including me, myself, um, that have discovered molecules that stimulate calcium ATPase. Um, but, you know, you have to go through that long. And, and what's exciting is it's shown real promise in Alzheimer's mice, um, diabetic mice, Parkinson's mice, um, Duchenne muscular dystrophy mice. So we're, and we're one drop in the ocean. There's, you know, thousands oh, yeah. of researchers. So, so there is unfortunately there's not a supplement to take, but there are things like, for example, taurine, which as naturally stimulates calcium ATPase as well as alpha lipoic acid. Oh, good. I'll take both of those. Vitamin E, (laughs) yeah, ludolin, um, elegant acid. Um, So there are, you know, green tea, gingerol. So, you know, there are things that are natural that you can do to take, but, but one day this will all be fixed by science. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's uh, one of those things that uh, can be fixed. Now, let me let me bring up your son again real quick, because it, it kind of explain to us real quick on the symptoms. So he's 20 years old. So let's say that he eats something he shouldn't. Is the is the telltale sign fatigue? Is that usually the yeah. number one thing? Yes. And since you said that it's also important for the heart, um, so is it just, uh, does the heart rate slow down? It has, with the heart, what it does is it affects the rhythm of the contraction and relaxation of the heart. Ah. So it, it, it affects the efficiency of the heart. You see, that explains why taurine is so important because taurine moves the potassium and the magnesium in and out of the heart muscle for regulation of heartbeat. Right. So exactly. So it's, um, but like I've tried to explain, I don't know what the underlying reason why Canute is sensitive to these things. So I, I know his muscles, his eye muscles, his overall uh, muscular strength. I know his skin, his inflammatory responses. I know his moods. So, you know, I don't know if, if whatever that's making him sensitive is even involved with his heart. I just know what symptoms are triggered for him. And I know that this is what's triggering it. Um, okay, so I, don't, well, I don't want to try to make it too complicated. Oh, no, I, I, I know. I completely understand. So let's just say hypothetically, he goes out, he has a pizza, um, he ends up with fatigue. How long does it take him to recover to get back to where he should be? Okay, so usually what happens is the fir after the first night out, he feels good the next day. So he thinks, you know what, this is not affecting me. <laughs> and then he'll, continue, you know, he'll, he'll just say, you know, I'm just going to live it up for a day or two, and then it hits. And then you know, he immediately, like when he's home. When he was home for COVID, so he was having to study and take his finals, and he'd be like, Mom, you've got to cook on this whole time because I have to be perfectly on because he's doing mechanical engineering at Georgia oh, Tech. Wow. Um, so, but it, so it takes him, when he's off, it takes him two or three days to get his equilibrium back, but each day it improves. Um, but he, he can get it back, so he knows how to do it. Oh, okay. Well, where can... Where can all of my listeners learn more about calcium ATPase and also where to get a copy of your book? Sure. So I have a website. It's brundybrody.com. And what's great about it is I have uh, newsletters that I've written that each one covers a certain topic in kind of a manageable way and has lots of practical tips. So that's one way if, you, if you're if the Reading a book is a little too much. You can go there and read my past newsletters. And also it just gives you an overview of calcium ATPase. Um, another place I have is a Facebook page, um, brundybrody.com, as well as Instagram and Twitter. And you can buy my book on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and Indie Books. And, um, and I, I think... I, I guarantee you that if you get it, you'll learn something new and oh. it'll be motivating to be motivating to make a health decision. <laughs> well, I'm, I've already learned some important things today. So I applaud you for that. And ladies and gentlemen, the book is called the calcium connection, the little known enzyme at the root of your cellular health. Now her website, brundybrody.com. That is B R U N D E. 
B R O A D Y.com. Brundy Brody.com. Look her up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, definitely go to her website. Uh, you can get the book there as well as of course, Amazon. Um, wow, Brundy, you have done an amazing research job. So I applaud you for that. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I, I um, you know, wish it hadn't gone down this path, but in, in some ways I'm glad it did because I, I discovered this. You did. And, uh, not only that you're, you're helping so many parents, you're also helping the medical research world learn more about something they need to be paying attention to. So again, one thing I just want to mention just along those lines is I was really excited just a few weeks ago, um, Harvard medical school is, is pairing up with us, um, with the company that we're working on Neurodon, um, with calcium ATPA. So it's becoming more and more something that, you know, academic institutions are interested in. And, and I don't want you to think I'm a big biopharma. My goal is to find cures. So no, 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 I completely understand. But you know, look, I mean, it's, it's, it's the biopharma uh, uh, area that has all the money. So the research is what needs to be done. And at the same time, you know, and mentioned uh, in today's uh, program, a lot of those natural things that we can look into to improve our calcium ATPA. So, uh, you know, it goes both ways. And uh, so, yeah, there, there's no, excuse, you know, there, you don't need to be making excuses on that end because, hey, Big Pharma has the money and uh, we should take that money and do amazing research with it because I know that not only have you helped so many people already? I mean, the implications of learning more about calcium ATPase in relationships to things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, I mean, the list goes on, is just going to uh, pay off for all of mankind. So again, much applause to you to, uh, you know, you got your feet moving forward on the research. Uh, your son is doing great and so many other things are, are positive because of what you've done. So again, thank you. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for uh, coming on to our program today, uh, Brundy. So again, thank you. So ladies and gentlemen, again, check out her book. Again, the title is The Calcium Connection, The Little Known Enzyme at the Root of Your Cellular Health. Go to Amazon.com or go to her website, Brundy brody.com again it's b-r-u-n-d-e b-r-o-a-d-y and also remember to catch every episode of life-changing wellness just hit subscribe on itunes or spotify and if i can ask you a favor please take 30 seconds and rate the show on itunes thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible just look up dr bond's life-changing wellness on any streaming service you can learn more about me at drwardbond.com and again Thank you so much for listening to Life-Changing Wellness. We are known as a different kind of wellness show. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.